All right, all right. Hello again. So let's talk about the Alliance Training Manual. It's your best friend. It's your, uh, how should I say, it's your scorekeeper. It keeps you in the game, and it keeps you on track. So if you are using it, kudos to you. You should be. If you're not using it, you're probably cutting yourself out of some good, good deals, things that you're probably walking away from you wouldn't be uh, if you were properly using this ATM. I'm going to tell you this. You've got to be versatile. What do I mean by that? I mean that there may be times when uh, time won't permit or the situation won't actually permit for you to just pop this ATM out and go do it. So that means what? You also need to learn it. When I say that, I mean learn how to flow with it, learn how it goes as far as from start to finish. It's a process. And uh, you should be able to uh, conduct business uh, without it just as well as you can with it. Bottom line is that uh, most people are visual. You know, a picture is a thousand words. So what that means is, is that even though you may know this ATM front to back, uh, you may know the steps front to back, your customer doesn't. So when they can actually take a look at this thing, they can see the words as you're talking about it. They can kind of read along. And as well, once again, it can keep uh, keep you on point and keep you, uh, you know, moving forward. Then you should use it. Because remember, if we're if we're out there doing this thing, we're out there serving. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to have multiple appointments. Uh, you've got your appointments probably set tight. So using this ATM will keep you on track and get you in and get you out. But you won't leave any stones unturned. It'll make sure that you don't forget because there's nothing like that high when you get people that say, okay, you know, that'll work, or yes, we want this, all right, and you start getting everything done. But it's very easy to be so excited uh, because we're human, and you're thinking in the back of your mind, you know, wow, I got one, or man, I can pay my light bill, or whatever the case may be. You're going to sometimes forget some of the important things that go along with the uh, beginning and ending of uh, taking care of a client. So that being said, just make sure you have your ATM with you. Uh, there's a lot of etiquette that go along with uh, the process from front to uh, from front to back. As far as uh, from the time you pull up to the client's house, certain things you should and shouldn't do. I will tell you this: you definitely want to make sure you don't park in the driveway. You don't block anybody in. Uh, a lot of times, it's just good to park on the curb or even across the street on the curb. Make sure that you're not blocking anyone in where it's going to cause you to be interrupted in the middle of your presentation especially when you're building that emotion. That's very, very important. You do not want to be interrupted. So just make sure that you take those precautions beforehand. I'm going to suggest that you wear a type of shoe that's easy for you to get in and get out. Why do I say that? Because etiquette in this business, we always practice and teach that you should offer to take your shoes off at the front door. Probably 95% of the time you're not going to have to. They're going to say, ah, that's no big deal. But I have had times where people had their shoes lined up at the front door. I knew that there wasn't an option. I'm going to take my shoes off. Uh, the only time I might not take it off is if it's just a really jacked up house uh, and it's not clean and it would be better for me to keep my shoes on. So that being said, uh, other things etiquette-wise, Make sure you ring the doorbell if there's a doorbell, but make sure you knock and make sure it's a polite knock. You don't sound like you're law enforcement, but you also want to do a friendly knock because what? Friends knock differently from people who are strangers. 
So your knock is usually the dot, 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 or something of that nature that just distinguishes or separates you from a stranger. It's very, very, very important. You also want to wave at the house when you get out of the car. You want to smile, act like you see them. Even if you don't see nothing, blinds are closed, you never know who's peeking out the window. So just wave at them, uh, smile, and, uh, you know, walk up there like you're ready to take care of business. Let me tell you something. People like doing business with people that are busy. It is true. It's proven. It's a sales fact. Look it up. Google it, whatever you want to do. People want to do business with people that are busy. Because what, what, what do you do if you're seeing, if they see that you're not busy, you know what they're thinking? Uh, this guy, this girl might not know what they're doing. They don't have any customers. You know, nobody wants to do business with them. Why should I do business with them? Okay? So don't ever get in your mind and think that people want to know that, you know, they're, you're the, they're the only one that you're dealing with. No. You busy. Okay? Even when you're making your appointments on the phone. Let them know in that conversation. I've got about five or six people in that area that I need to see. I'm not going to have a lot of time. I just got time to sit down with you and, and, and discuss your options. You've got to give them that that um, you know that indication that you don't have a whole lot of time. That way, they're more apt to let you come to the house anyway because they know that you're not going to be sitting up there all day. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So when you're getting going in the house, guys, gals. Uh, what I do is I have my ATM with me, I have my, my little tablet with me, and I actually have some paper applications as well. Some people are now more uh, technology savvy and they're using different programs where they can have their uh, paper apps downloaded and you don't even need to have paper apps with you. So if you're doing that, that's cool. Uh, I have that feature too, but I just want to make sure that if I'm in a hurry or things ain't acting right with the, with the laptop, then I can still take care of my clients, get things done, and get on to the next appointment. I'm always thinking I'm going to write multiple applications, so uh, when it comes to writing e-apps, e-apps are great. But when you're writing five or six apps and you've got an appointment 45 minutes from now, you may not want to go the e-app way. You may want to do the paper. What paper does is shortens the process. You get the pertinent information. You can always put your information as the agent in later. Uh, the address, things like that, you can always put that in later. So I'm just giving you some hints. It's up to you to do how you want to do. Uh, so that moving forward, my ATM is in my hand as well. I do not, I repeat, I do not go in and immediately pull out my ATM. No, 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 no. Because guess what? People buy from people that they like. These folks don't even know you yet. You haven't built in rapport. So why are you going to make this all transactional? Forget that crap. That's what you did in your other sales life. In this sales life, we build a relationship. We build rapport. You have a short while to do it. But if you do it from the time you get out of the car, which is smiling and waving, ringing the doorbell, giving that friendly knock, offering to take your shoes off, and admiring something that you can relate to with their house, the inside of their house, uh, just how youthful they may look if you've got an older couple, you know. That's what people are attracted to. And find a way to make the conversation about them, okay. But so you hear it all the time. Don't be that one-up guy, girl. Uh, even if you've got a similar situation that just happened to you, you don't need to tell them that. Listen to their situation. Ask questions about what they're telling you, okay. It's about them, all right? It becomes about you when you get back in your car. But while you're there, it's about them. So keep that in mind. 
So what I do want to do is I want to push forward, and hopefully there's a kitchen table that you can move forward to in order to be able to sit down and get things set up. I even tell them, can we go to the kitchen table? I've got a few things I need to set up. This will make my life a whole lot easier. I let them know. If their kitchen table is cluttered, be flexible, guys. You may have to sit down on the couch. You may have to sit on the floor, whatever the case may be. Be prepared. So what does that mean? Dress accordingly. Wear something comfortable. Wear something that you can get uh, uh, out as far as your shoes and be flexible with your dress. If you're ladies, in my suggestion, I've heard this from Jasmine Lightborn, you do not want to be all dolled down, okay? You're there to help the families. You're not there to distract anyone, okay? So if you're a guy, you want to be in appropriate attire. You do not want to be overdressed, but a nice pair of jeans, a uh, pair of slacks, uh, tennis shoes, whatever. Don't go there with flip-flops are, okay? I'm serious. You know, keep it a little professional, but at the same time, be comfortable, okay? That's all I got to say about that. So once I sit out the table, guys, I'm building rapport. By the time I get to the table, I know quite a bit about these people. I, I, I'm looking at pictures. I'm asking questions. All I'm telling you is find a way to build a rapport. If you make it all about them and you ask questions about them, I promise you they're going to be more apt to want to share information with you when you start wanting to get more personal and asking for Social Security numbers, bank account numbers, uh, 401 money, that kind of stuff. So warm them up, okay? So once we sit down at the table and we're talking and we're chitting and chatting, then that's when I pull my lead out and I may ask the question depending on whether it's a Mortgage lead or final expense lead, it don't matter to me. The whole thing is that somebody either signed and filled out some information or somebody called the 1-800 number, so there's going to be some pertinent information. I want to know who was responsible, who filled this out, uh, who was the one that actually talked to the people on the phone, uh, and I want to know why. Okay. Now, sometimes, guys, believe it or not, it's obvious why, but the whole thing is that you want them to tell you why. And why is that so important? Because the last thing you want to hear is, oh, I was just looking, I was just curious. Now, you were more than just curious, okay? You went through a process to get this thing started. This wasn't just about how much it cost. This is about your concern, but you've got to get them to say that. That transfer of information, that transfer of emotion, it puts you in a better position to do what? First of all, complete the sale. Second of all, find out their true reason. Find that emotion, bring out that emotion, and let them know that the value is within the emotion. You're taking care of something that's going to take care of them uh, until the day they die. Okay? This, this, this type of product is, is not something that is actually uh, done for the person who's getting the insurance. It's something that they're passing on as a legacy or uh, a way to replace income, those kind of things. So think in that, in that term. Also, let me say this. I, I work with a lot of new agents, and I, I try to get them to understand that this is not just about the sale today. Understand that when you're dealing with things, and let's say, for instance, it's a mortgage uh, a lead, and they're looking to cover, say, $200,000 mortgage. Well, yeah, most likely you're probably going to go a term type of a policy if they can qualify for that. But keep in mind, guys, that we do do annual reviews every year, and we are supposed to go back out there and sit down with our clients and understand this. Always be thinking ahead. Yes, I start them with the term. I let them get accustomed to paying the policy premiums every month. It may be a low premium, but keep in mind that when, I, when you go back, 
you may want to uh, make a decision on what company you use according to what you can do in the future. What do I mean by that? A lot of times I'll do Forrester's Strong Foundation if I'm doing a term. Uh, I know there's some agents that love Forrester's. That's, they may do maybe 85, 90% of their business is done through Forrester's. The reason why is because you can go back in a year or two years and you can talk with them about possibly turning that term policy into a whole life policy, okay? They've got two great products with Forrester's, the Advantage Plus and the Smart UL. So keep that in mind. It's another sale for you, a brand new commission, if you do it after two years. But also you're putting them in a position to where they're locking in a permanent policy that's going to build some awesome cash value, and they're doing it at an early age. Remember, our prices don't go up. So you got to be thinking, guys. You know, think, think about after the sale, not just right then and there. Okay? So... CFG allows you to convert. Mutual Omaha allows you to convert term to perm. So just keep that in mind, okay? All right, so, of course, by then we're talking, we're, we're, we're building some emotion. I'm finding out why, like Dante Williams always says, once they give me that why, it comes out of their mouth. It's like ding, 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 that's it. It's, it's, it's showtime. So once I've uncovered that why, and I build emotion, and I'm not afraid to, to bring some tears to some people's eyes. What do I mean by that? I'm going to press them, but I'm going to do it in a very polite way. I'm going to lead them in the way I want them to go. Uh, I use a lot of head gestures. I mirror my clients as far as how they're sitting, how they, how they may be having their arms or their hands. Uh, it's important that you do that, okay? Uh, once again, you're trying to build emotion. This is an emotional sale. This ain't about how much product knowledge you know. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I will say this. Once again, it goes back to your more newer agents, but it also goes to your more seasoned agents because as you start to gain more knowledge about how products work, it's amazing how you can watch your sales go to poop. Okay, You can be like this awesome uh, guy or gal coming out the blocks because you don't know nothing. And all you know is what you need to know, which is basically you build emotion, you pick up the phone, you call either your growing up line or one of your teammates, and you get a second, sometimes a third opinion. And it's amazing how many people you can help. But it's amazing once you get brilliant and you start knowing all the products, quote, unquote, then all of a sudden you talk your way in, you talk your way out, okay? Basically, it's paralysis by analysis because you give them so much, you overload them, and then they don't want to do anything. So what do they tell you? We'll think about it. You know, we'll get back to you. So keep it simple, stupid, guys, K-I-S-S. It's very important that you do that. I don't care how much you know about the products. People don't buy this for the product knowledge. They don't buy this because our products are so much better. It's all about the fact that you're building emotion and you're letting them know that they are doing something that's not only going to take care of their family now, but it's going to take care of their family for, for uh, years to come, okay? That's what this is all about. So that being said, when I do open my ATM, um, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very easy. The ATM is a very simple thing. It's, it's designed to keep you on track. Uh, you can do it one of two ways, guys. You can either hold it in your in your arms and right in front of you and flip the pages. Uh, I suggest uh, you may want to take the take the road that most people take, and that is whatever the client can see uh, uh, in the way that they're, they're viewing it. You want to be able to see the same thing, so that means you may want to have a page on the back side that's the same page that the client is seeing. That way, you don't have to do the chicken neck and look around. You can see what they're seeing. I set mine on the table a lot. 
So if I'm sitting on a table and I'm flipping pages, whatever they see, I can see. Okay, and uh, you just follow along. It's not that you have to read it all, but if you're brand new and that makes you comfortable, read it word for word. Okay, you can do that. It's nobody says you can't, but you need to. You need to get to the point to where you can know what's on that page, and you're able to summarize or talk about it. Allow them to read it as you're talking to them. Okay. Once again, remember, a picture is what a thousand words. All right. So let's move forward. So we're going through the ATM and we're going through the steps. Once you know, once you tell them who you are and you show them your pictures of you, your family, your dogs, whatever the loved ones, that about me page, that's it right there. Okay, that about me page is really important, but it ain't about you. It's about them. So once again, if you do this thing right, you've already started to build some rapport. You've already started to find out some things about them. So now you can just get a little deeper. Well, how did you meet? Where did y'all grow up at? Did y'all, you know, who chased who? Uh, uh, and get it from both. I, it's amazing. I can get a laugh. I can get a smile out of a couple, even if they just had an argument, just by asking those simple questions. You know, well, where, where did you go on your first date? Who actually kissed who? Get involved in this thing, guys, okay? This will make you wealthy. But you gotta, you got to be sincere about it. Remember, once again, it ain't about you. It's about them. So ask those questions. Get that emotion going, okay? Uh, you you just be amazed at how they light up. They'll even start holding hands, you know. So understand that the couple, if it's two people especially, I haven't seen very many situations where the guy, I don't care how macho he may be, he ain't buying nothing and he ain't giving no banking information until that woman of the house gives him the okay to do that, Okay. So you better understand that you better, when you're talking to them, you better be talking to the both of them. You better be making eye, eye contact with both of them. Uh, bottom line, the woman of the house is usually the decision maker when it's all said and done. So just keep that in mind as you're flipping these pages, as you're asking these questions. You want to make sure that you don't push her out of the equation, especially if you're a guy and you're talking to the guy. You want to make sure you include the missus in there as well. Okay? It works. Trust me. All right, so, of course, you're showing them the companies that you represent. This takes away that, that, that discussion or that, uh, that thought of we want to shop around. Here's your shop around right here. But you've got so many companies that we work with. Man, how blessed are we? How blessed are we? We have all these companies, and they've even fixed up products just for us. It's true. So when you have all of this, man, your arsenal, you deep. They don't need to go nowhere else. Okay, but you got to show them that, and you got to let them see what you got. That way, what I'm saying is, they may be familiar with a couple of companies. That's even better. Okay, if they're a baby boomer, most baby boomers know about Mutual Omaha, the Wild Kingdom, and all that kind of stuff. So, get them, get them laughing, get them talking. Okay, raise up some memories. If you're young, learn how to deal with old people. Okay, because most of your sales ain't going to be youngsters. It's going to be people that are middle age and over fifty. Trust me on that one. All right, if you're doing mortgage protection, guys, of course you've got your two pages that talk about mortgage protection. I will tell you this. When it comes to putting your training manual together, put it together according to your personality. That means what? Some pages may not be just in order like you print them out, okay, but you've got you to practice. You've got to learn how to flow with it, and you may see that one or two pages may need to be put in a little different order. This is about you being smooth with your presentation and not having to be robotic because people, once again, don't want to be want to be sold. Okay, they don't. Okay, 
people people want to know that you're genuine. All right. So uh, in my case, I have redone some of my pages. But the bottom line is is that if it's mortgage protection, I've got the two pages that go with mortgage protection. If it's final expense, I've got those two pages. So whichever type of product you're offering, you may go in there with a mortgage lead, but you may come out uh, selling whole life. That's why on your mortgage protection, when it talks about what is mortgage protection, you've got your examples there. Make sure they understand that. Relieve that tension and that, that, that anxiety that they're feeling about this is going to cost too much. Let them know that a lot of people can't afford to cover the whole mortgage, and they don't cover the whole mortgage. They cover a part of it. That's why they have the split plan, okay, where you, you, you sell a policy that covers everything, and then you complement it with an accidental death policy. Then they got the mortgage protect, uh, payment protection where they only cover 12, uh, 24, or 36 months, okay? That's just covering some of it, all right? Something is better than nothing. Please, please, whatever you do, assume, assume that they already have some type of coverage on their job that takes away that, uh, that, uh, that particular problem when you're closing, okay? So, and, and, and help them to understand without, being, without making them feel stupid that that job insurance is exactly what it is. It's there while you're there on the job. And once you leave, it's no longer there, okay? A lot of people don't know that. So you have to educate them, but don't make them feel stupid, okay? All right, so there's your features. And, of course, same thing with final expense. You have to go over the points and help them to understand why people use final expense and find out what their need is for why they want whole life. Final expense, whole life, same thing, guys, okay? All right, so then once you, you've got that done, then, okay, what happens next is the page that I, that I refer to, and it just basically tells them this is what we're going to do. Because remember, somewhere in this conversation I've already told them, listen, I came as a friend, I'm going to leave as a friend. All I can do today is to find the options that, that you qualify for, and then I can see if we can get you approved. That's it, okay? No money is going to exchange hands today, Mr. and Mrs. John Doe. We're just going to have to see if we can get you approved, all right? That's basically it. So that kind of takes the pressure off of them, but it also lets them know that we are going to be moving forward because we're getting you protected when? Today, okay? That's a very important word. And as I'm saying today, I'm shaking my head and I'm nodding my head with a yes because I want them to, sub, uh, what is it called, sublinearly see that I'm about today, not next week, not next month, but today. All right, so when it comes to my financial picture, I've already gotten a lot of information because I've asked questions, uh, you know, where they work at, how long they've been there, what other jobs they have, did they participate in a 401K or a savings plan. I've already asked those questions, so I don't have to go down a checklist of this. This is basically just to, I guess, jog my memory in case I've forgotten to ask a few things, okay? So I don't spend a lot of time on that Your Financial Picture page. Because I've done my I've done my homework and I'm taking notes either on the back of the lead or I'm taking notes on a blank sheet of paper. To be clear, it's up to you to do what you're going to do as far as what's comfortable for you. But when I go in the home, I have a Manila folder already put together, and it's got my green sheet, it's got my ERS form in it, it's got a blank sheet of paper, and it's got that that quote page on there where I can give them three options. So I've got that already put together, for, for, and I've got plenty of them for as many clients as I'm going to see and I'm going to help. It helps me because it keeps me organized. I'm not digging and fumbling, and I've got materials that I need because I'm taking notes. I'm writing down things that they tell me so that I don't have to go back and ask them again. Okay? 
All right, so keep that in mind. If that will work for you, then I strongly advise that you do that. Uh, when it comes to the quote page, of course, uh, it has three blocks for a reason. If you're giving quotes, guys, you want to make sure you give them quotes, but you want to make sure that there's a lot of deviation between those quotes. What do I mean by that? I mean that if I'm doing mortgage and they want to cover 250000 I'm going to give them uh, a quote for 30 years, 250000 That's going to be my option three. But I'm also going to give them option one. I'm going to give them a quote for maybe fifty or 75000 and I'm giving them a quote for maybe 15 years rather than 30 years. I know their mortgage is 30 years, but they may not be able to afford that. So I want them to see that there's, we've got all kinds of options. We're not pigeonholing them into just one product or one payment plan. So give them that. Show them that. And then I may give them uh, the second option, maybe, say, 150000 for 20 years. So if you understand what I'm telling you, it's a big difference in price for each one, and it helps them to understand that they can choose either one. Most of the time they're going to choose the one in the middle. Okay? But you've got to be on the top of your game and give them the option so that they can see that it's not, you know, if you give them a uh, 30-year for uh, – 250000 and 30 year for, you know, 50000 and 30 year for 150000 those prices are not going to be that much difference, okay? And they're still going to feel like this is just too much. It's a mind game, guys, is all it is. So just keep that in mind when you're doing your quotes. Already know the direction you're going to go. And don't forget, if you don't know, what do you do? Pick up the phone, call somebody. All right. Emergency response, remember what I said, I've got my form in front of me, so it's not hard to do. And guess what? I let them participate. How do I do that? While I'm filling out information, while I'm e putting it in the e-app, they're filling out the emergency response because I've already talked to them and told them about how much money is just sitting there because they can't find the beneficiaries. So they already know they don't want that to happen to their family. So they're more than happy to start filling out the ERS form. Okay? Let them do something while you're doing what you're doing. It keeps them from being idle. It keeps them from being bored. And you're not so nervous trying to hurry up and finish. Okay? You can take your time. You can have a little conversation and still work. You've got to be a multitasker here. So if you're not, learn to be that. Okay? The bottom line is they should be putting anywhere from 10 to 20 names on that ERS. And I make it very simple. I tell them, listen, this is how this is going to work. I ease their mind so that they know that this is not a way that I'm just trying to uh, shimmy them out of some, some uh, lead. Even though we're going to approach them as a possible free lead, I let them know this is what's going to happen. I'm just going to make a simple phone call and introduce myself, make sure they know who I am. I'm going to give them my information so they know how to contact me if and when something happens to you, and I'm going to make sure they have the company's phone number so they can contact the company directly if that's what they choose to do. That's all we're going to do, okay? So I ease their mind and let them know. And I say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, what I would like for you to do is to break the ice. What I mean by that is I want you to either text or give them a call and let them know that your insurance agent, David Lewis, is going to be calling them from this number. Okay, James Coleman even says that he put together a little text uh, in their phone and, and, and so that they know they can send that text to the people that they're putting on that list. So whatever, however it works for you, you just need to make sure, ease their mind, let them know you're not going to be harassing the people that they're putting on there. You're going to be simply calling. So when you do decide to make your calls, 
on the ERS is that's when you're able to introduce yourself, give them your information, let them know that you just helped Mr. and Mrs. Smith with the policy, a very affordable life insurance policy, and they wanted you to be on their emergency response list. And then you say, by the way, outside of work or any existing insurance policies, is that something that maybe you would be interested in talking to me more about? However you want to approach it, but you always, once again, assume they have something at work, assume they possibly already have a policy outside of work. You don't have to fight that objection, and you offer your service. Simple as that. So however you want to word it, however you want to approach it, it's a, it's, a, it's a free lead at that point in time. But you make sure that you set things up right so that when you call these people, they are expecting your call, they're not running from your phone number, and you're not seeing cheesy like you're just trying to sell them something. It's just a simple question, you know, by the way. Simple as that. All right, so moving forward, that's what I do when it comes to ERSs. When it comes to safe money, remember, because I'm making that conversation about them, I'm asking those questions. How long have they been at this job? Did they participate in the 401K? What did they do with that money? What are their plans when they retire as far as money that they've got put up? That's what leads you to the safe money. That's what leads you to getting that green sheet done, and you should be trying to get a green sheet filled out for every household. Don't ever assume because they may not be living in the best of conditions if they ain't got no money. Please don't do that, okay? You prejudge, you walk away from possible annuities and, and all kind of stuff, so don't prejudge. Have them to fill it out. Just let them know. you got an expert. His name is Chris Norris. He's a Chuck Norris of finances, and he's going to take a look and, and see possibly if there may be some uh, other avenues they can take, okay? Simple as that. That's non-threatening, okay? So get the green sheet filled out and then get it in to Chris. Or if you're good enough to where you can kind of see some opportunity, you don't necessarily have to send it to Chris, guys. You know, uh, Chris can't handle everybody in the alliance. He, he's there for your support when you need it, but you should get to the point to where you learn how to do a lot of this on your own, okay? So that's, that's how, that's the truth. I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. Uh, so once again, that's for safe money. The last thing before I leave out of that home, first of all, I want to I want to make congratulate them for making a decision. Okay, it's a good decision. But on the same hand, I want to ask a question, the question that a lot of agents are scared to ask. Well, I don't like chargebacks, so I ask this question. And that question is, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you've made a decision to get the, a, a policy from Mutual Omaha, whoever it is, that's going to cover your family for the next uh, 30 years here taking care of your mortgage, okay? You feel good about this? And I'm shaking my head yes because I want them to say yes. Well, great. Well, listen, outside of that, let me ask you this. You chose this this choice here for, let's say, $125 a month, uh, and what I want to make sure, Mr. Mr. Smith, is if something happens next week where, let's say, your water heater goes out or your AC goes out, something unexpectedly that could create possibly a big unexpected bill, would this $125 a month still be feasible? Would it be comfortable, guys? I, I, I'm sincere. And if I get just a hint of, mm, well, I don't know, well, come to think about it, and I say, you know what, hold on. Before we go any further, let's, let's talk a little bit more. And what I'm getting at, everybody, is that I would like to make sure that they're comfortable, but don't be afraid to drop that price, drop the amount of coverage. 
okay? It can make all the difference between keeping them for clients for life and losing them in the next six months, okay? Resulting in a charge back and frustration and all that. So leave the greed outside, ask those questions, make sure that they're really, really comfortable with that, and just always reassure them we can always add more later, okay? That's it. So hopefully this has helped someone today. I'm hoping that it has. Uh, and by the way, don't forget, we've got an important call today. It's called a product call. Uh, it does start at noon, Central Standard Time. So uh, I wish everyone happy selling. I'm sure most people are going to be dialing today and setting some appointments. So get after it. And as my leader and confidant, Mr. Paul Roberts, says, uh, I'm going to get mine. Go get yours. Adios. Love you guys. Bye-bye.